This is the ODG Apparel Podcast. Wait, uh, I'm not understanding. Why does an apparel company have a podcast, though? Because they're that awesome. All right, guys, we got another ODG Apparel Podcast. Today on our show, we have Ali Yurid. Ali, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm really excited. So I did not uh, make this connection to get you on the podcast. It was actually uh, one of our our managers, Sarah, who kind of made the connection for me. And so I was like doing some research, found you online. I was like kind of like looking through your stuff. And then you and I just chatted kind of pre-recording and I was like super jazzed when we started talking because I'm like, oh, this is going to be an awesome <laughs> podcast because you sound super cool. Um, so so let's start with kind of introducing yourself. Kind of who are you? What are you about? What, what's going on in your life? Yeah. Um, I, my name is Allie Yared. I am 20 years old. I'm from the Dallas, Texas area. I currently um, just working full time, not a student. Um, I started off um, on Twitter about a year ago um, and just started like sharing some like theological things that God was placing on my heart. Um, a lot of um, just what scripture says about God's holiness and his justice and that kind of took off. Um, I shared partly like my testimony on Twitter and within a year it gained about 20,000 followers, which is just all God. None of it was like my doing at all. Um, I use Instagram, Twitter, just kind of social media platforms that are usually darker, I'd say. Um, a lot of comparison and uh, just unhealthy things that go on there. I use that to like try and share Jesus and spread light and truth. So you're basically, you became Twitter famous, basically. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. <laughs> so you didn't intend to do it, but like you've created this platform where you're able to live out, preach the gospel. And so... Mm. What's that like? I mean, I think it's something that people always like want to do, right? And but like yeah. now that you have it, what does that look like for you on a day-to-day basis? Like how are you how are you being yeah. authentic and doing that on the daily? That's a great question. Um I think starting out um it was for the right reasons. It was just to proclaim Jesus' name and give him all the glory. And I think once it started like around 5,000 followers, then 10,000 followers, it got a little sticky. And I think the enemy placed a couple of lies of like, this is like now yours and like people are here for you. And I will be the first to admit, like I have not done it perfectly all the way through. And I think like being able to share that brokenness and share that like, I'm not the one that's going to make them whole is um, what's going to make them whole. Because I think a lot of people come to Twitter or Instagram, these platforms to get filled up and, and get um, poured into. And I think that's awesome if you're looking for encouragement and just reminders. But like the source is where you're going to find truth and joy and peace and all these things. And so like my job is no longer to be a source of any kind, but to point them to the source of where they're going to find these things. Um, that's in the word of God. That's in Jesus. That's in uh, repentance and all these things that I can't offer them. Um, I think online ministries, what people call it nowadays, is really interesting and new. And so I'm not sure the Bible. It, it, it is kind of crazy, like how that is like yeah. a thing now, right? Like, oh yeah. So I, um, my wife and I are involved with a ministry called Young Life, 
Um, oh, yes. So my wife's an area director here in Florida. And we just had a whole leadership meeting around, like, how do we do this well? Like, how do we utilize social media to be relational and to pursue kids, right? And it's like, it's so funny for me. Like, here I am. I own ODG Apparel. But I hate all of this stuff. Like, I'm, you know, I'm 29, but I'm really, like, 55 in my heart. And so (laughs) I'm, like, anti like, I'm like that old guy that's like, this is, you know, it's killing the youth and, and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And yet, it's true, though. It's like, man, this is a platform. And just like any other platform, regardless of what it is, we should be redeeming all things. Like, as Christians, uh, again, I'm kind of off on a tangent, but this is sort of how these podcasts go. It's like, it's just a conversation, you know? And so, yeah. on a tangent, for me, it's like, I remember growing up, it was this, always this weird tension where people were, like, not sure what to do with, like, Christian rap music. Because they were like, well, no, rap is bad. And it's like, no, no, no. We are redeeming all things. Like, we can redeem all of these things for the glory of God. And so it's cool to kind of watch you do that. But I'm sure it's really difficult to kind of, like, navigate even for yourself, like, how to do it. Mm, Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's – and I think, like you said, like, like with you working in Young Life, like, this generation of, like, the high schoolers and middle schoolers coming up, like, they're – main source of like recognizing truth and um ministry kind of stuff is social media and so it's it's really hard to uh, discern how to use it and if we're called to use it at times and when to speak and when not to speak and when to post when not to post yeah um because a lot of the heart intentions is like what matters behind it um and yeah like i'm sure really... that's a re- i'm sure that's something you wrestle through like when oh yeah to, to again because what social media has done is created this conversation where it's like everyone needs to be heard at all times and everyone needs to like we need mm. to just say things that whatever comes to our mind we should say it and tell everybody um but yeah. yet there is this this where it's like man if you have the platform how do you because it's even protecting yourself right like mm. from the the craziness of it all i'm sure yeah yeah um yeah it's it's hard because and again, like we're going to suffer for Christ, but there's times where I would get really just nasty DMs um, and it, it gets to your head. Yeah. I don't think like God programmed us to have, to be able to filter so much hate and also so much flattery um, mm. is, it's just deceiving that like I'm the one giving I- anything worthwhile. Like it's all mm. Christ and also, it's all Christ that people hate, too, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not me mm-hmm. they hate. And so I think recognizing that helps a lot um, for anyone who wants to be sharing Jesus online, whether you have five or 500 or 500,000, you know, um, mm. you can you have influence. And I think we can use it for either God's glory or our glory. And at the end of the day, only one's going to last. Mm, that's good. So you mentioned that you posted like your testimony online and it kind of like grew part of your following. So walk us through, what is your testimony? Like, how did you end up here following Jesus? You're 20, right? Yes. Yes. So how did you end up here as 20 year old following Jesus and kind of sharing that story? Yes. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. I had a lot of Christian influence. I went to church all the time. I led Bible studies. I think around sophomore year of high school, I was diagnosed with depression, anxiety, and PTSD, which are pretty common, I'd say, um, in America today. Um, Mm. I 
really wrestled through those things and a lot of it was not trusting God, if I'm being honest. Um, I think mm. from a young age, I never doubted that God was real. I was really into science and I recognized like God had to make all this. I just doubted that he was good. I didn't trust that he knew what was best for me. I didn't trust that um, what he said was good because it sounded like a lot of like rules and laws to keep and I didn't want to keep all those. Hmm. And so a lot of my head knowledge never went into heart knowledge, which I know people hear a lot, but it's it's what makes the impact. Um, and there came a day when I was, um, I believe it was 14 years old and I decided I wanted to take my life. I thought that was good. That's what I felt was good. And I was relying on my feelings a lot to tell me what was good and not the word of God to tell me what was good. And so I tried to, and by the grace of God, um, that did not happen. Um, and the ambulance ride to the hospital after that, um, Romans 12, two just kept playing in my head of do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and by which you'll be able to discern, um, test and approve what God's good and pleasing and perfect will is. And mm. I, it just hit me. Like I had heard that for so many years of like, god's good and pleasing and perfect will and i realized like i don't know what's good i don't know what's perfect and i need to repent and um, be forgiven of just my ways that i thought were so so perfect you know and obviously they weren't um my feelings are deceitful above all else um and after that it was not a perfect uh walk but it was a good one because it was with Christ and I was no longer relying on my own resources to get me through um, these just really brutal mental health battles um, and lies that the enemy, I'm sure, was telling me at the same time. And then there came a day in college where I was prayed over by a professor and nothing shy of a miracle from that day forward. I no longer had any panic attacks. Um, I no longer had depression. Um, I no longer had any PTSD flashbacks or anything like that and or suicidal thoughts, like nothing for like just after that prayer and like all glory to God because that's, that was a miracle. And I think I love that part of my testimony of afterwards. But I think the highlight I want to highlight is like, that was like a physical mental healing and like the real true miracle was a spiritual healing of the day I got saved because had that not happened um I could have died and physically been healed but spiritually nothing changed hmm. and like what what a bummer because that that's, that's not what matters like I could be 30 years old and have depression and anxiety and battling that with Christ but 30 million years from now that's what matters eternity matters not this temporary pain that even Jesus went through of him weeping and him feeling sadness and anxiety to the point like where he bled in the garden of Gethsemane. Like I'm not alone in these feelings, but these feelings don't dictate who I am, my identity and um, mm. yeah, in Christ. Wow. So how did you, you talked about like those years between the night you tried to take your life and mm. college, right? Like how were, what was that like? Right, I think about your mm. family, like interacting with yeah. you. Like, what was that like? Um, it was very difficult. I think, if anything, I think the enemy was just trying to make me feel alone, and mm. he did a really good job of that. Um, the first kind of signs that like 
I see now, I didn't see then, were um, I stopped reading the Word of God. I stopped going to church. I started to isolate myself, which I know Satan loves to do. And um, I think my family, though they are very loving and supportive, just couldn't understand what I was going through. And I think that's like why at that time, I wish I had turned to Jesus immediately because he does understand what I'm going through. He's been tempted in every single way and he knows every single pain and every single suffering. And I know Satan was just working his hardest at that time to make me work for my salvation. And it just led to burnout after burnout after Mm -hmm. burnout. And it wasn't until the day that like I surrendered these these thoughts and the fact that like, I can't do this alone. My family can't save me. I can't save me. Medication can't save me. The church can't save me. Only Christ can save me. Hmm. And I don't know why it took so long to realize that, but one day it just finally hit me that like, I was relying on my feelings and myself to get me through this depression and anxiety. And it was not sufficient, but Christ is sufficient. And I think Hmm. that was the big turning point. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's powerful. I mean, that idea of really having to come to the end of yourself. Mm. Like, that's what I keep thinking of is like, I, I, you know, I feel like in my own life, I had that, right? Like it was, Mm. uh, so I, I I feel like we probably grew up similarly. And so I grew up in the church. Um, Grandfather was a pastor, did the whole church thing, like my entire life. And then you know, led Bible studies, missions trips, you name it. Yeah, I did it all. Yeah. And then it was like, I got to college and it was like the second I was outside of the Christian community, I was like, it was really easy for me to take te- steps away from Jesus and into sin. But it was always like, well, I'll go, I'll do this. Like, I won't do that, but I'll do this. Yeah. And then it was like, well, okay, I'll do that, but I won't do that. And it was just like these slow steps. And I remember like, every like each inch that I got deeper into it I could like feel something inside of me like cry out like this is not where I want to be but like I never let myself get quiet enough to realize what was happening like I just had Mm. to keep the noise coming because if the noise wasn't there I would sit down and think about it and realize I don't like this I don't want to be here um and I feel like I would cry out to the Lord in those moments like please like stop this but it was like necessary for me to like burn through my rope a little bit if that makes sense yeah yeah I think that's such a good reminder of like having to still your heart to be able to hear the Lord Mm. and just like that Psalms 46 10 comes up like be still and know that I am God I think for so long I was just relying on I probably do the same of like going to church and like you know knowing he's God but like not really trusting it it's like when Mm. you're still I don't have to do it. Like I know he's God. I know mm. he's fighting for me. And if he's God, if he is for me, who can be against me? Mm. Not even like my mental health can take me out. Not even nothing. Anxiety, depression, all these things that had bondage on me cannot have any power over me because I, I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus and he's already broken every single chain and he holds the victory. And there's just so much freedom in that. Freedom mm. in Christ that... Um, I hope others get to experience because it is the most amazing thing. Hmm. So what does today look like, right? You've walked, God's walked you through that season. 
And so now you're mm-hmm. here. And so what does it look like to continue to grow and mature and evolve and sanctify it be sanctified yes. through all this? Like, what does yes. that look like for you? Um, a lot of it is just continually walking with Christ. Um, day to day, though, it looks like um, discipleship, um, walking in community with one another, um, just continual um repentance and prayerfulness over God's will and surrendering my will to his will. Um, so I think a lot of the time we try to fit God into our plan um, when he wants us to fit into his plan. And that's so much sweeter and so much better. Hmm. Um, but for me, I am, I feel called to ministry 100%. I know there's not a lot of money in that and that's not the point. Um, I'm not here to rep a brand. I'm here to rep Jesus. And hmm. I think that's where like, True joy is going to be found. I'm hoping to pursue apologetics later on. and um, But right now, it just looks like serving Christ in the local church. I get to lead some high school students through a discipleship class right now. And it has been so sweet and so fruitful. Um, and also also hard at times. It is hmm. draining. And I know that like I have to go back to the source um, to get poured into before I can get uh, or be able to pour out. So what does that look like? What does it look like for you to go back to the source? Mm. I, I'm really big on theology and all of the like really cool, you know, um, con- cultural context of things. But a lot of it is just being still in the presence of the Lord. And that can look like um, just opening the Bible. I think I'm re-going through the whole Bible again. The first time I did that was when I was not a believer. So it's really mm. interesting to see all the things you miss when you have like that veil of. Well, do you mind if I actually d- pivot for a second? Do you mind if I pivot for a yeah, second? So what do you mean for, sure. for like someone who's listening who says, wait, well, hold on a second. What do you mean you weren't a believer? Like you went through the Bible. Mm. Like what the heck does that mean? And so mm, help me, yeah, help me great. and help us understand what you mean by that. Oh, that's um. I read a verse when I was, not a believer and i think it finally made sense afterwards of it's in james 2 i believe i forget the address but it says you believe there is one god good even the demons believe that and shudder Hmm. and it just kind of hit me that like there has to be something different from demons believing in god and christians believing in god Hmm. and that difference is the demons are living rebellion of god and i live in communion with god and that communion, it looks like meeting with him and trusting him and serving alongside of him in this ministry of, of Jesus and the gospel and sharing the gospel and suffering for Christ instead of suffering to this world. Um, and so when I say like I wasn't a Christian the first time reading it, um, there's a big difference in claiming the name or like really being the name. And I, I had a friend who mentioned, like, what would Jesus do? It's, like, such a popular um, saying. And that almost goes, like, to a works-based salvation. Like, what would Jesus do? When really it should be, like, who would Jesus be? It's, like, once it's, like, be, that's my identity. Like, I am the salt and I am the light now. And mm. it's nothing that, like, I did. It's just God-given. Um, and because I understand that, like, here now, I, I have the spirit of Christ in me. I have the spirit... Of God in me, excuse me, and that's the difference: is mm. me being able to 
read the word of God with the with God like inside of me hmm. to be able to, to test and discern what is good and pleasing and his perfect will than just reading words on a page or writing them down or highlighting them but really like highlighting them in my heart and um, placing them on my heart and yeah no that's good okay Allie to kind of like change directions a little bit um, a question I love to ask on the podcast is I would imagine that people who are listening to this podcast or who follow ODG Apparel, or who follow your Twitter account or your Instagram, feel like we just are the perfect Christians and they're not. You know, they feel like, man, mm-hmm. if these people have this Christian following, like they just really, they never sin, they never struggle. And so, and maybe no one thinks that. Maybe I just think they think that. But I just, I love to ask mm-hmm. the question of like, what does practically daily i mean really like daily following just look right for you like when are you reading your bible what are some tips that you have for like being consistent in your bible um what when you say discipleship and community like what are some ways that you do that like again just anything that comes to mind of like man this is a discipline that i have in my life that's really helpful for me yeah that's great i think that's like one of the more popular questions um i like to start by saying um I am not perfect. I am not the standard. I don't have it all together by any means. Um, Christ is perfect. He is the standard um, and he has it all together. And my job and role is just to point to him and not just highlight him, but like put the spotlight on him because I can share the word of God all day long, but I am, I'm not it. I'm not the word of God. And I can't, I can't, I don't have the power to save anyone. I don't have the power to heal anyone. Um, only Christ has that. And so my biggest encouragement is to just point back to him. And if you're searching for those things, I'm sorry, but you're not going to find it in me. You're going to find it in Christ um, and in the word of God. Um, yeah. Um, second part of that is just like day to day, what that looks like. Um, a lot of my study time for me personally looks like, uh, I don't know if you've heard of the like, think it's the acts the adoration mm-hmm. yeah um if you don't have, haven't heard of that look it up online it's a really good way to start um but i also go through and like i'm just going through philippians one i did a bible study on that on twitter um and so you can go check that out and follow along there but i look like just verse by verse i will rewrite what i read mm. then it's like more on my mind on my heart and it's not just like mindless reading now. Now I have to participate in the reading and that really helps in um, seeing what's there. And then like picking apart each of the verses and like word for word, like um, in Philippians 1 verse 1, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. What does that word servants mean? And then I go look at like the Greek behind that and the fact that like Jesus was also considered a servant. It's used the same way. Um, and just like that, that's their role. You know, Paul and Timothy are these really high up guys. And maybe like people might consider me a, a Paul or a Timothy. I don't know. Hmm. But the fact that like my role is not to be the king. I'm a servant of the king. Hmm. Yeah. That's and good. I think that's just like to humble myself daily. Um, and all the like in my reading of that's my role is servanthood and to serve others and to love them well. Hmm. Um, by no means are we going to do that perfectly. Uh, for anyone listening and like struggling with thinking like, oh, I messed up again or I sinned again and I, I didn't do it right. Um, 
Paul did too. He, he claims to be the chief of sinners and you're not alone in that at all. Mm. Um, I think the church as a whole, we could do a lot better of um, sharing our brokenness because like scripture says, like our weakness points to his strength. Mm. And I think we sometimes have it all together. We, we pretend to have it all together. We never have it all together. Um, but when we pretend to have it all together, it's such a disservice to the body of believers because then it's this un- matchable standard that people will never obtain um it's so true i always talk about how like part of the reason why we do that is because we don't really trust the gospel like we don't really believe that if we said out loud who we really were that christ would actually save us like we just it's because we have this morality that we think that we're yeah jesus saves me but i have to be good enough like we have this kind of we're trying to hold both of those things in tension and so when we admit out loud how truly horrible and bad we are deep in our bones, then we think, oh, God is, you know, Jesus is over there, arms crossed, angry, like, I can't believe you. Instead of like, no, he is such a gracious savior. And so, like, I always would encourage, like, man, when you are knee deep in sin, like, literally, you are in the pits of the dirtiest, grossest, oh my gosh, I never want someone to see how sinful I am. When you are there... Like Christ is enough for you. Like when you are there, cry out to Jesus and he welcomes you back home. Right? Because mm-hmm. we just have this mentality that like somehow I, so so an illustration I always talk about is how like the enemy doesn't care which way of the hill he pushes us off over. And so like mm-hmm. he'll lead us into sin like that. And then when we're there and we want to go back to Jesus, he turns puts a suit on and stops us. And is like, Where yeah. do you think you're going? You can't go back to Jesus. And you're like, Wait, I thought I could. And he's like, No, 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 you gotta go clean yourself up. It's like that's not true. Jesus is never telling you to go clean yourself off. And so, yeah, I totally interrupted you, but I just think that's such a no, powerful. No, that's, I so agree. And I think a lot of the times, like we paint this image of like, don't sin, don't do it again. Mm. And God's like, if you did just come to me. And it, he's not, like the prodigal son. He returns home and like the prodigal son's even scared. He's like, he's scared that the dad's going to be mad. And the father is like, you know, like come home, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. And it's this mm. joyous thing to return to God even after, if it's days, months, or years even of being away from him. Like he, he wants you home at the end of the mm-hmm. day. It's just, it's out of love. And I think of like this picture of like, like in keeping the law and when we break the law or when we sin, um, kind of like how a police officer pulls you over and when he's giving you that ticket, he's not angry with you. He's just wanting to keep you safe and other people on the road safe. Hmm. And I think God so often is is like that. And, and he's like telling us and convicting us of like, listen, like this is not good for you. I know you're doing this, but like you're headed down the wrong path. And like you're either going to hurt yourself or somebody else in the process. And that's why it's like that, that ticket is that reminder, that conviction of come come back, you know, mm-hmm. don't, don't go that road. Um, hmm. Yeah. That's good. That's awesome. That's really good. I'm just like, I, that's something I want. Cause I feel like the people who are listening, like, and maybe you see this, but like, I feel like for 18 to 25, 30, that like, we're yeah. really inundated with pastors and churches and whatever mm. that just tries to like fluff over all these things that fluff over like kind of the rawness of it all. Right. Like that it's, yeah. it's messier than just, if you follow Jesus, everything will be easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not true. 
no, not at all. And I think that's why so many people turn away later on because it's true. They're like, this is not the God that I was told he was. Mm. But that's that's heartbreaking because he's a good God. And I think we have to release our definition of like what is good and start to just consider maybe there is a creator who created all things on purpose for a good purpose and that he might possibly know more than I do. His ways might be higher than my ways. And even though I might not like his ways immediately, maybe they're, maybe they are for good. Maybe they are right. And maybe they Mm. are just and and loving and kind. Um, And I think like for me having to like realize that of, I'll share openly like one really hard one for me that might be controversial is like same sex attraction. And I think Mm. that's really up for debate in the church right now, but it shouldn't be. I think God's word is very clear and for me, someone who has struggled with same-sex contraction even, um, to understand like God's will is good. And when he like made Eve for Adam, he said it was good. And I think going back to that of like, he declares what's good and I don't. And mm. even though I still, I, I believe it's sin, but I don't believe it's like something crazy out of this world kind of sin. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh. I can't it's not like on a special. It's not that. like on a special no, level. Yeah, not at all. But I think also just like realizing like I have to deny my flesh, and that is a, a fleshly desire. Um, and I think it's it's okay to be tempted in that, but the act is what I would call sinful. Hmm. Um, just like an alcoholic who struggles with alcoholism, um, I don't think that temptation is the sin itself, but rather like the action behind it, mm-hmm. um, and whatever the sin is, I think we need to stop glorifying or making the sin much bigger than we are making the Savior. Um, Because at the end of the day, he's defeated all sins. He's defeated all, uh, any scheme of the enemy, he's defeated it. Yeah. There's victory and freedom found in that. And I was not expecting us to go down this trail, but I think that it's good. Like, I think it's hard conversations, right? Like, I agree with you. I agree that we treat um we've done we've done a really disservice in the church about how we communicate about same-sex attraction and so Mm -hmm. because of that it's become this really difficult topic for us to talk about because i think for a long time the church really handled it poorly but Mm -hmm. i think similarly to how you communicate it like something i usually say is let's let's just before we even go down the road of is it sin or is it not sin right which i do believe it is sin. i think the bible is clear about that but let's, if everyone just were to give me, give us the ability to just kind of like, hey, let's really just take a big, big, big step back. And mm-hmm. let's just talk about God and the Bible in this way, right? Which is we need to come to God and the word without predisposition to what we want him or the word to say, right? Like yeah. we need to just come and say for anybody, if you feel like it's not sin, if you feel like it is sin, whatever, we need to come to God on these big topics and say, God, whatever you have designed this to be, I mm. want to know, right? Rather than seeing God as something for us to argue with, seeing God as right. like, he is a certain way and he has created things a certain way, right? This isn't true for people who aren't Christians. If you're not a Christian, this is a foreign concept, right? But if you oh, are yes, claiming Jesus, you can't come to him and say, well, 
but I'm not going to believe him if he says this about same-sex attraction. Well, I'm not going to believe him if he says this about how I should spend my money. I'm not going to believe him if he says this about what I want in my career, right? Like, instead of it, just like, hey, he is who he says he is. And, like, we are out to search him out for who he is, not to, like, come with, like, a plan for what we want him to be. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like we just so often reverse that. And then we're frustrated when we find verses that disagree with us. Like, no, you're not looking for God then. You're trying to write yourself into who God is, Mm. which is a totally different. Like, for me, when I was in college, all of my friends were atheists. Like, every single one of them, by God's design, was like a hardcore atheist. And they would say to me, you're such an idiot for believing this. Don't you see this, this, and this? But, like, by God's design, I came out of that, like, believing even more than when I came into college. But... I also took with me all of their thinking. And I think something that they would say to us as Christians, like if they're, if, you know, if we listen to them, honestly, they would say to us, like, you can't pick and choose. Like you either believe this or you don't believe it. And that's the thing I would say. I agree with them. It's like, man, if we believe this, we can't then go to the Bible and say, but I think what God meant was this. It's like, it's either there, or it's not there. And so we have to be almost unemotional, about where we get to in scripture, because if I turn to a page in the Bible and it says, the name is David. The name David is stupid, and no one should ever have it. I would change my name. I wouldn't throw my hands up and scream and say, "Well, I don't believe it." I don't. Be- you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't get that yeah. opportunity. It's like I either stop believing in the Bible or I change my name. There's really no yeah. middle ground, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so. I-, I agree 100. I think it's it's funny. Like you bring up like the atheist kind of pointed that out of like I love atheists because I think a lot of the times though it's possibly not always said in love like a lot of it is truth and they Mm -hmm. call out hypocrisy in my life and in the church and i think a lot of times we like give them a stepped hand i apologize for that but i think we need to listen more to them because i know that they see our sin from a perspective we don't see Mm -hmm. and if if they're pointing that out that's something we need to bring to god and and like you said how they said like if you're gonna believe it believe the whole thing that's a great point of do we truly believe the word of God or do we just believe the words we want? And Mm -hmm. it makes a big difference. Yeah. We just have to come unemotionally because here's the thing. Mm. If this is either true and it changes every second of your life Mm. or it's untrue. And this is what I don't think people realize. If this is not true, it is insane that you and I are on this podcast talking about something that is completely made up. Yeah. Right. Like that would be absolute lunacy. Like put us in the loony bin because we've lost it. (laughs) Right. Like that's it. It's there's no middle ground where it's like, let's just pretend to believe in this stuff for a little bit and like sort of take it seriously. It's like, man, we we go all in or we don't think about it at all. And that's what my atheist friends would tell me is like, Dave, you don't really. I just remember having a friend of mine say, like, you don't really believe this. I was like, I do. Mm. He was like, no. Because if I believed it, I would literally sell everything I had and move to the furthest country and tell someone about it. He's like, you just don't drink. Like, you just don't watch some bad movies. He's like, I don't believe it because I don't think you believe it. Mm. And I was like, dang. You know, like, he's right. Yeah. Like, and so, anyway. And I think that goes back to, like, the church of, like, behavioral modification rather than Mm -hmm. just, like, really, truly loving loving the laws and loving God's word and his decrees because like at the end of the day like behavioral modification is not going to change the heart and mm-hmm. um unfortunately I think a lot of the sermons we see in the American church are a very watered down and b um a lot of how-tos mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You get a lot of how-to sermons of how to become better or how to, here's the, the three-step process to finding joy. And it, it's not, that's not it. It's not. Yeah. All I can say is like, if you're searching scripture, you're going to find truth. If you're seeking him, you're going to find him. Um, there's no matter how many sermons you hear, we got to start living out the sermons we've already heard. Like sermons are not going to be changing us if we're not choosing to follow him already. Yep. That's true. Yeah. All right, Allie. I think that we, I think that we did it. I think that's our podcast. What do you think? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm content. That was fun. And so where can people find you? Like, where can you direct people to kind of see your content and see what you're up to online? Yeah. Yeah, um, I use Twitter, um, Instagram, TikTok currently, and I'm going to start YouTube pretty soon here. Um, they're all Allie Yarid, A-L-L-Y-Y-A-R-I-D. Um, yeah. Awesome. Allie, thank you so much for the time, and hopefully we'll have you on again. Dave, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's been a blast. Awesome. Awesome.